Welcome, welcome, one and all, to Podquisition, episode 12. That's, uh, well, we were just talking about it beforehand, that makes it about three months. Uh, entirely too long. But thank you all for sticking with it. I mean, that's three months of funding on the old Patreon. Uh, three months of... That's three... Three months of you listening to us spout a load of old bullshit. Why the fuck are you still listening after three months? Honest question. Yeah, really. Why any of you still listening? Yeah, like the joke should have worn off by now. Um, I'm your old pal, Jim Sterling. I'm here with you. I'm here with Laura Kate. Hello. Hello. I'm here again in the pub because that's my favourite place to record anything. Yeah, yeah. We were just, as we were setting up the recording, hearing drunken men, I'm assuming um, bold, uh, just not making a value judgment. I just assume bold with a England football t-shirt on, uh, just shouting from downstairs, just yeah, yeah just drinking their chip beer garettes and being like that is pretty much the only noise they make in in pubs. Yeah, they, they used to have language, but now it is just uh, like some sort of I think, weird. I think cow. there is. Oh, I think there's something important we've got to mention this week. Um, Ubisoft, fuck off your shit. Fuck, fuck, fuck Ubisoft. Ubisoft is shit. Yeah, you might have noticed. Nobody's stopping me from saying that this week. Ubisoft. Gavin's not here. Ubisoft uh, provides refuge to terrorists. Allegedly. Uh, it is purely allegedly. Uh, they might do. I don't know. Um, Gavin isn't here at the moment. We don't know where he's gone. He may have been kidnapped by Ubisoft because Ubisoft are known kidnappers. Uh, they they kidnap people and ransom them for gold. So here's the secret: I I, I kidnapped Gavin. Um, I have him currently tied up in a corner, just about six foot away. The reason I've done so is because I want to be able to. Well, I I planned that I would be able to insult Ubisoft as much as I like this week with no repercussions. But unfortunately, I don't know if there's much we can insult them about this week. We might just have to make up news stories about Ubisoft. Yeah, they kept the head down. They've kept the head down this week. There's not a lot they've been doing. Um, mostly the the big anger and the rage and the people fucking up is on the shoulders of uh, Peter Molyneux and the Goddess team. Oh, with all of their, their shitty bollocks. Um, yeah. The world spins oh. off its axis in shock because it turns out that Peter Molyneux might have been bullshitting us again. He might he might fail to deliver on all of the promises related to a product he's doing. Who could have guessed? What a shock. Who could have guessed it might be a bad idea to invest in a game that was touted as, oh, we are going to change one person's life and make them the god of gods. Yeah. Which isn't going to happen now. As it turns out, there's a wonderful interview you can go read on. I think it's on Eurogamer with the kid who won the the Curiosity Cube oh, yeah. of bullshit to to be the god of gods and goddess. As far as he's been told, like he got taken to one awkward day in the pub with uh, with Peter Molyneux. Peter Molyneux didn't show up. <laughs> God's he didn't. was. Yeah, he he was shoved in front of a very, very, very early broken build of Goddess for five hours and just told to sit there and play it. And he was like, you can get up anytime you like. However, Peter Molyneux was standing over your shoulders watching you, so you'd better not get up. Um, yeah, and then it's just like, hey, we're, we're not going to be able to finish making Goddess. However... We have moved all of our team onto a new game that's exciting and is not the one you've paid us to make. And this one will be the best thing ever made, and let's yeah. give you a ton of promises. Who who have they got to invest in the new one? Who can invest in Peter Molyneux now? The man is 
at the very least, a maniac. At, at, at the very worst, a pathological liar. Uh, I, I am I am honestly hoping that it's Ubisoft. I hope that <laughs> Ubisoft have partnered up with him and this is their chance to be like, right, we are going to pair up with famed Peter Molyneux. Nothing can go wrong. We are going to release a game and it's going to be universally praised because Peter Molyneux is involved. I mean, it's just, it's beyond a joke now. Like, it, it was a joke a while. Like, a few years ago, it was a gag. It was, oh, Peter Molyneux says something, he overpromises, he's a scamp, uh, he gets too excited, let's, let's you know, give him a pat on the head and give him an apple. But at this point, especially now that he's taken money from from users via Kickstarter, which, of course, he's now saying he regrets. This whole cycle of, oh, I'm Peter Molyneux, and uh, this is going to be the most ambitious, uh, important video game of uh, the 21st century. Um, Oh, sorry, did I just say all that? I actually meant that it was a terrible mistake. I am truly sorry. I overpromised. I got excited. Uh, Actually, that was dreadful. Uh, The worst thing I've ever made. And um, actually, the next game will be the greatest thing that's ever made, even better than the Road Warrior 2. So, uh, it's not funny anymore now that his done it this many times this whole what i used to call the molyneux cycle of you know the next fable's gonna be awesome straight away the last fable sucked straight into the next fables like just over and over to the point where as i said yesterday i could look out if peter molyneux told me the sky was blue i'd look out the fucking window to double check oh god peter molyneux is just the most bizarre man like the thing that about this whole thing that got that gets me so like I can com- I can't blame anyone for being angry who backed him on Kickstarter. First of all, if you backed him on Kickstarter, you're an idiot. It was never going to be what he was promising. He's Peter fucking Molyneux. However, if you did back him in good faith, like the promise he's making to everyone is, oh no no no, don't worry, I'm making a new game and it's really amazing, and I'm putting all of our like 24 person team is all moving over to that. It's like no, put the 24 person fucking team onto the thing that people have already paid for, finish making that work, then maybe you can make something else and that will yeah. also be a disappointment. Because, I mean... Don't move to your next disappointment till you've disappointed us this time. Not only is it irresponsible with the money, it's irresponsible for the industry overall because it just diminishes... Because people have already looked at the goddess thing and, and said, oh, well, this just proves that crowdfunding is a failed idea. This just proves that crowdfunding doesn't work. Ignoring well, it where it has that trusting Peter fucking Molyneux yeah, is a it's, bad idea. It's just proof that Peter Molyneux yeah. is a fucking failed concept. Uh, <sighs> but he, the, the irresponsibility—sorry, uh, say that properly—the irresponsibility of what he and Twenty Two Cans have done is—it's a knock-on effect. It makes crowdfunding look bad. It's another failure in the column of failures uh, of crowdfunding. Like it's. Take some fucking responsibility, Peter. Take some goddamn... like, And not this fake responsibility that he trots out. This insincere... Because at this point, it's insincere. This whole showmanship of regret of this... Oh, I take all the responsibility for it. Uh, It's entirely my fault. Uh, 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 uh." Like, it's such a fucking dog and pony show at this point now. Uh, And people do not swallow it. Yeah. Well, he sat down and did a half an hour video with Jack Atridge and someone new that he brought onto the team that, as best I understand it, is someone who came onto the team with their job being, okay, come and fix my game because it's messed up. And he's like the one person left on the team. But Like, if he's not a liar, 
if he is genuinely surprised every time he fucks up, he is just like habitually yeah. incompetent. He's either a liar or incompetent. One of the two. Yeah, he sits down and does this half-hour apology video. And it's like, okay, we're going to answer questions from the community. Mm -hmm. So the first question is like, hey, Peter Molyneux, what's going on with our Kickstarter rewards? And he's like, um, I'm terribly sorry. I'm very British. I'm also very sorry. Um, we're working very hard on our new project, but we're not going to be able to fulfill all of the rewards. Obviously, some of the rewards should be filled, that is obvious, but we're not going to be able to complete them all. So then he gets his next question, it's like, okay, so what about the PC version that's incomplete and doesn't have the features you promised us? Well, of course, we should have finished all the features we promised, but, um, that... We should have at least finished some of them, but um, um, we're working very hard on our new project, and we hope that we can still, in the future, finish off Goddess into the product it was always meant to be. Yeah. It just goes on like that forever. Saying you should have done something is hollow when you could just fucking do it, you know? Don't just sit there and, and pretend to flagellate yeah. yourself, saying, oh, yeah. you know, we should have done this. Just, just do it! You have a project that... Is, has it people paid for in advance? You have a team of 24 people. Put those 24 people on the project people have already paid for and are waiting for and is behind schedule. Put them on, put the resources where they need to be, not on the new thing. And if your company falls apart because you haven't got that, you, you didn't make the new thing, well, you fucking deserved it because you shouldn't have been making the new thing till you finished your dinner. Exactly. No dessert till you finish your dinner, Peter Molyneux. Goddess is your dinner. Fucking, fucking eat the rest eat, of it. Eat your sausages, Peter. I see you. I see you not eating your green beans. Fucking shove them down your throat oh, already. You better goddamn have the vegetables as well, Peter. Not eating your fucking vegetables. You yeah, fucking I see vegetable you there idiot. digging into the freezer. I see you digging into the freezer already, trying to get your, your your calypso ice lolly out the freezer. No, you're not allowed your calypso ice lolly. Put it back in the freezer and finish off the goddess dinner that you've got. What's that? What's that, Peter? You want a bag of skips? Well, you should have eaten your fucking dinner. I had to put that it's in the bin. Here. I can, I can, I can, I can reheat it. No, it's already in the bin. Do you want to get it out of the bin? No, you're going to have dinner tomorrow and you'll have dessert after tomorrow's dinner. You go to bed hungry, you dirty little boy. And no wanking in your room maybe. either. I hear you rolling your foreskin back. It may be after you've gone to bed without dinner and without wanking, you'll start to understand how much you break up your parents' hearts by doing this every time. Dirty you boy. disappoint us again and again. You just don't eat your dinner, Peter. Um, okay. Just eat your goddamn dinner. Gav's here. Gavin's here. Hooray! Hooray! <laughs> Gavin, you missed us having a go at, at, well, basically at you and Ubisoft and kind of Peter Molyneux as well for not oh, eating his dinner. Oh, darn. Darn. Uh, oh, you could have been here. You could have Sorry, been a part of the magic, like Disney, <laughs> yeah. but now you are part you of the band. You could, have, you could have found out how Ubisoft might be terrorists, and now you'll <laughs> never know why that's a relevant thing we said. I'm happy I missed that. <laughs> so, yeah. Did we have... Did, uh, Gavin, we were talking yes. about Peter Molyneux. Do you have any thoughts on the uh, Peter Molyneux thing? Do you know anything about this? Yeah, I was reading about this today. It's... um. Really, is it any shocker that, that Peter that's, said something that's, that's, and then didn't follow through? That's basically what we said, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, it's, I mean, I consider myself a consumer advocate, and part of what that is 
Um, I don't tell people what to buy or what not to buy. You know, I do criticisms. I do, you know, light recommendations. But I never tell people to boycott things because I don't think it's the customer's job to boycott things. Even if a game contains something I think is damaging to the industry, I think that's the publisher's onus, not the customer's onus. Um, but Peter Molyneux is one of the few people where I strongly consider saying, do not give this man your money. Just don't. Don't give, don't give him money until you've seen reviews of his thing that's already out. Like, if he released products the standard, boxed retail way, at least then you'd have a chance to know if he'd bullshitted you with all his claims. And even then, make sure it's a reviewer you trust, because I feel like there are there are a few people in the, the games media industry who were still, like, a, a bit too enchanted with ah. that man's bullshit. God, yeah. But this, that's mm. the thing, is, like, don't ever give that man money on the promise of a product. Mm-hmm. That he says, I will do this if you give me money. You say, no. Fuck off, Peter. I am not giving you money in advance. You've burnt me too many times. Go ask your parents, maybe. They might lend you the money. I'm not giving you any money for this until I see that it's finished. And even then, I'm probably going to get in an inspector and make them inspect it. Make sure it's not shit. Then I'll give you money, Peter. Then, if you're lucky. Yeah, I mean, Peter is to broken promises, you know, what Bethesda is to open worlds. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> he's yeah. just, uh, he's just, re- he's so renowned for it at this stage. To be fair, though, I think there's, there's a difference between like promising that games are going to be amazing and promising a young guy that his life is going to change. I think. Oh yeah, we we mentioned this. He's like he got, uh, he went to the like he got taken to London to sit in a pub, and then Peter Molyneux never yeah. turned up, and they've still not made him God of Gods, which means that. While Goddess has been making money, he's not had his 1% cut yet, because he doesn't get his 1% cut until they put him in the game, which is yeah. conveniently the thing, one of the things they haven't bothered to do yet. It's like, oh, how convenient. Most of the sales of Goddess will be before we have to give this little snot any money. Mm. Oh, goodness. Anyway, yeah, complete, not cool. yeah, complete left turn. I have a bottle of Buckvast with me today from a Podquisition listener, so... Let me find this person's name. Who are you? Jamie Hanna. Jamie Hanna bought me a bottle of Buckfast. So before we go any further, I am going to find out what on earth this stuff is and whether I'm going to instantly... You've never had Buckfast? No, I've never had Buckfast. Buckfast is like responsible for 98% of the crime in Glasgow. (laughs) What I've been told about it is it's like, it's like, oh, it's like, um... Uh, it's like fortified wine with caffeine that tastes kind of fruity yeah. and is like a syrup consistency. Is that about what I should be expecting? Yeah, it's like if you mix cough syrup with plutonium. <sighs> that sounds awesome. I have, uh, have this. I'm going to yeah. have to track some of this down because that sounds great. The moment you said cough syrup and plutonium, like I- I'm in. Oh goodness, who knows? I I have a bottle here, and I'm just gonna I'm gonna brave it. So- okay, salut. <sighs> okay, I'm I'm not looking forward to this. That didn't sound fun. (laughs) She's she's gonna have a Scottish accent now when she talks. (laughs) (laughs) My god, that's not pleasant. I think I heard somewhere it's made by these mad monks up in the Highlands or some some fable like that. I've been told it's made by monks, but fuck, it is, it is, it is like thick cow pole yeah. with like a spicy edge to it. I am, I don't know what to make of that. 
<laughs> guess I'm going to be drinking this today. Have fun, listeners. Expect a couple of coughs every now and then. <laughs> Good. That's the kind of quality content that people pay us for. Um, Thank you, Jamie Hannah. This is what you got for your money. Fuck you. <laughs> oh, dear. Okay, well, uh, that that's... We, we're ticking along very nicely. What else has happened that's interesting this week? Oh, Netflix might be making a Zelda show. Oh, on, yes. On the, on the internet telly. Mm. Yes. Is it live action or animated? Yeah, live. Or? It's a, Allegedly, they want to make a live action Legend of Zelda series huh. themed around Young Link going to save Hyrule, yep. I think. They want it to basically. be, um, according to reports, they want it to be Game of Thrones for a family audience. Probably a, a less tits and dong. Um, in that yeah, case. And, and probably less um, heads being caved in and chopped off and yeah, stuff like that. cut back on gratuitous hands being lopped off in front of your very eyes, you know. So basically, yeah. it's Game of Thrones without any of the stuff that people watch Game of Thrones for. Yeah, which kind of, yeah. you know, undoes the point. It's like, would you like to watch Game of Thrones without the tits and the murder? <laughs> and no. really, you know, you, t- you liken... Zelda to Game of Thrones to me, and instantly I want to see Ganondorf like the fucking Viper, just this rampantly horny bisexual warrior brothel aficionado just rolling around in bed with handsome girls and boys. That's what I want to say. I I have a genuine theory as to what this is going to be end up being. Do either of you? Do you both have Netflix? Uh, yes. Yep. Yes. Okay. Do you remember the period of time where they were, like, after everything you watched, they were trying to advertise you on their Marco Polo original series? No. That I don't remember, no. no. I, I, maybe okay. Irish Netflix didn't have it. Fair enough. That in, in the UK Netflix, there was a period of time where, like, in, in at least where I was in England, where everything I watched, they were trying to bombard me with, hey, Netflix originals, Marco Polo, it's about people with swords fighting. And from what I can tell, not a single person watched it. <laughs> So I'm kind of suspecting that what they're going to do here is just take their Marco Polo series and have Link like Link run through the background <laughs> a couple of shots, and it's just, just superimpose like, his head onto Marco yeah, Polo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's going to sell fucking gangbusters, and everyone will watch it and praise it as the best thing ever. And it's just like, oh, it's that show that you didn't want to watch, except we stuck a green tunic on that guy. <laughs> hey, speaking of Netflix, guys, did you see uh, Better Call Saul yet? I haven't yet. No, but I've I've heard nothing but good things about. I'm it. super oh, it's, excited. It's great. I'm. Um, it's really great. I forgot. It's, I've been um, this excited for months, and then when it premiered, I forgot it was on. I, I yeah, haven't same. watched it because <laughs> I'm trying to finish watching another show, and I don't want to. Hmm. I'm trying to finish watching The American Office, not because I want to, because I, but just because I've put too much time into it, and I feel like I have to finish it now. Yeah. So I've got like half a season of that to go, and it's a little bit shit. But I'm like, okay, just power through, and then Better Call uh, Better Call Saul is just waiting for you at the other end. Yeah, it's That's great. My it's, it's it's pretty much what exactly how you'd expect it to be. But I like that they didn't just play it for laughs. Do you know, it's quite. Um, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say it it's a be, moody show, but it's it's hard it to has describe. Its dark moments. <laughs> it's great. Uh, so yeah, and we did have one question from someone regarding the Netflix show. I don't know if I can find it because fuck it, I had everything in a terrible order in our organization today. Um, from Brian Lacey on Twitter, which of you would play who in the Netflix Zelda? Hmm. Well, I suppose I would play a musical character. 
Well, you, you could be Link. Link he plays with a the lot ocarina, of I suppose. Yeah, you can play your ocarina. You can transform him into a Goron and play the drums. You can play the guitar as a Zora. You can yeah. do all sorts of things. <laughs> you make a good I little think, Link. I think Jim... You've got to be Tingle. I yeah. did have people tell me I should be Tingle. There, there was a hashtag I saw. It was quite wonderful. I'm just picturing you in like a skin tight green jumpsuit shouting Kalu Limpa and everything. Kalu Limpa! Kalu Limpa! <laughs> I don't know. I'll be, I'll be the chicken. The chicken? <laughs> I'll be the chicken. You hit me with a sword and murder you. <laughs> also starring Laura as the chicken. Yeah, I'm they're going to rewrite it so that the chicken is an integral character. Mm-hmm. You know, it's crucial to the whole sort of mise en scene. Like it's in every scene. Yeah, it's going to be like a spot the difference or a however you do it. It's like, oh, oh, where's the chicken in this scene? Ah, there she is. There's Laura the chicken. Wasn't there a, cr- a chicken in Ocarina that was actually crucial to story progression? <laughs> There was one you had to wake it up from an egg. It woke an old man up, I think. I don't know. <laughs> one wakes an old man up, yeah. Um, I, think that, I don't know if that was a cuckoo or a chicken. Um, I think it was a cuckoo. Same, same difference. It's the same difference. Yeah. yeah, I don't think they have chickens so, yeah. in Hyrule. So here's, here's my question. Do either of you think this Zelda Netflix series is A, ever going to happen, and B, be in any way not shit? Because like uh-huh. Netflix originals on the whole haven't been bad so far. But equally, there has not been an even halfway decent TV show based on a video game ever. I so. have a feeling it might it might end up being a good show and a bad Legend of Zelda show. If you get what mm. I mean, like in order for it to be a good show, because they were really they're not going to have a silent fucking link. Um, yeah, and and the story of of Zelda is such that I don't <laughs> think it makes very good serialized television. I feel like they're going to have to deviate an immense amount, and they might end up with a really good fantasy show that kind of pays lip service to. Uh, the Legend of Zelda games. Um, that's probably the only way it's going to be good is if, I think trying to do a straight adaptation would be terrible and deviating yeah. could be terrible, but I feel they've got a better chance of being good if they go original, but you know, he's got a green hat. Well, weirdly, like the thing that the, the Zelda franchise entry that I think would have the best chance of like being a good basis for a TV show, Hyrule Warriors, the beginning of that. Not necessarily, like, based on Link, but you have, hey, here's a princess, everything's going to shit in her kingdom, she's trying to raise an army to go and fight this kingdom of bullshit. You know what would be awesome, though? <laughs> if what they would had, be awesome? If they had a show that was, like, based on Zelda, but all the dialogue was similar to the games in that awkwardly translated <laughs> from Japanese kind of kiddie talk. Can you imagine if they played the show completely straight and had the dialogue like that? I actually think it'd be pretty awesome. Well, I, I just want a live-action adaptation of the CDI Zelda game cutscenes. I just want someone, a, a theatrical actor who's worked all their lives and gets finally nails that key role as as a well-known character to have to stand in front of a camera and say, Well, excuse me, princess. Now, that was the cartoon. The Philips CDI one is, that would be you'd get Kit Harrington from Game of Thrones to wear a green hat and just be all, I just <laughs> wonder where Ganon's up to. That is illegal, you know. <laughs> Did anyone want a live-action Zelda? I mean, of all the games Netflix, you could pick apparently. to make a live-action thing of. Well, here's my, my priorities on this. It's like, I remember, it was probably seven or eight years ago now, IGN, on April Fool's Day, did a Legend of Zelda movie trailer. Mm -hmm. 
And I got so bloody excited watching that. Like, I was just like, you know what? I, there is nothing I want more in life than this. Sure, it looks terrible and tacky and cheesy, but I really want to see it. And I was very disappointed when I realized that was an April Fool's Day joke. Since yeah. then, that's the thing that means I recognize when April Fool's Day happens now. But, like, I remember that excitement and I'm like, here's the thing. You know what? It could end up being shit, but I want to see them try because Ah, uh, I don't want to. I don't want to give up the chance of a good Zelda show. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I want to. I want to see it in my heart. Well, that's a little it. bit of my heart that's all soft and gooey and wants that to be a Zelda show. I'm gonna. I want to give it a chance. You know, I've 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 long since stopped feeling bad when adaptations are shit or deviate from source material and stuff. Like I'm too old to worry about mm-hmm. that. You know, the existence of the show will not take away from the existence of the games. So if it turns out to be shit, it turns out to be shit. But I'm gonna I'm gonna hope it's good because more good entertainment is good. So fingers crossed, I guess. But you know Well it did did we not learn anything from the all female Ghostbusters being announced that if something new is made and you don't like it, it completely invalidates the original thing that you like. Well, that is true. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, I take you can't everything like back. the original thing anymore because, yeah. Oh, no. Okay, so it. Netflix, you can't fuck this up because I do not want to have to take a hammer to my Zelda collection. Oh. Bethesda. They're having an E3 press conference. Anyone <laughs> care about that? <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing Gavin doesn't care about that. He's not answering. He's just making these weird I don't care noises. Yeah, that is the international sound for I don't give a shit. I was I was bouncing around the room. I was bouncing around the room when so you're I saw excited, that. Gav. Yes, and I'm probably going to get my fucking hopes dashed again. But you know, <laughs> just so against are, the steps. You, now see, I'm I'm not going to be I'm not going to be happy with this press conference unless it is Fallout Four and Dishonored Two and Half Life Three. You know, it's really got to be all three. If it's, I would I would say very likely this year we're going to get an announcement for Dishonored Two. And for Fallout 4. I would and say. And of course, there's Doom. There's Doom, Doom yeah. as well, so. Yeah, which they've still, not shown, they've still not shown anyone the trailer from QuakeCon for Doom. Yeah. They're like, no, you're so, not allowed to see it. Fuck you guys. I you would might say, be fans, but you weren't can, here. Can you just imagine how cool it would be like if they, they start with Doom, because everyone knows Doom is coming, and then they announce their Dishonored 2 thing, and it's like, I love Dishonored, so that's going to be awesome. And yeah. then just when you think they're finishing, Todd Howard comes on amidst, like, loads of smoke and ruins, and, like, he's wearing a Pip-Boy, and oh my god, like, the entire internet's going to orgasm, me included. Gavin, <laughs> I, I, I hate to get your hopes up, but I'm going to tell you two things that are genuinely going to happen in that press conference. Yeah. They're going to get up, and they're going to say, okay, so I know you've been waiting for it, it's time to talk about the future of Fallout. Mm. Fallout 1 and 2 coming to Xbox One. <laughs> And Fallout Online. <laughs> no, and then the other thing they will follow that up with is, okay, so you're wondering what we're going to do with the other hour and a half we got at this press conference? We're going to show you exclusively the first hour and a half of Wet 2. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you're going to get, Then Gavin. again, you That's know what? what? You're get. I'd be up for Fallout that 1 and 2 being on Xbox wet. 1 and PS4. No, 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 just on Xbox One. Just on it. Oh. Uh, Disappoint the PS4 gamers, you're not even going to get that much oh, Fallout. And it's oh. going to be Connect only. Oh, now I'm sad. <laughs> oh, goodness. Honestly, though, I'm kind of excited. Like, the fact they're doing a press conference leads me to be cautiously optimistic that they have exciting things worth sharing. Have you have you guys seen Bethesda's, like, fan pages over the last year? <laughs> Literally 
anything they post, it just gets fuck off Fallout 4 every single comment. <laughs> I actually have a screen grab of um I don't know, was it for the evil within they were promoting or or Wolfenstein, which was a great game, but just every single comment uh, is Fallout 4, Fallout 4, well, Fallout 4. I'm, <laughs> I'm just glad that they're not as terrible as Valve are, because Valve clearly, like, they tease their fans. They will deliberately make announcements in groups of three and then not have the third one be the trilogy ending part yeah. of the series. Like, they're at least, they're, they're properly horrible. At least Bethesda's like, hey, um, we're working on stuff. Yeah. Maybe. We do other like, things, guys. Yeah. Like, they're not telling you, okay, Fallout 4, it's coming tomorrow. Oh, it didn't come today. Oh, we're so sorry. They don't do that at least. So I'll give them, I'll give them that credit. Well, Half-Life 3 is, I mean, at this stage, it's destined to disappoint, isn't it? I mean, it's, well, exactly. it's like, just the, never the build I played last week really lackluster. Can you imagine if they finally released it and it was just like, oh yeah, here's episode three of Half-Life 2. <laughs> Same engine, completely yeah. unchanged. Yeah. <laughs> or it's it's just it's a re-release of Left 4 Dead 2. Mm. And they're just no no no, it is Half-Life 3. Look, keep playing. You know, it gets really good. I'm kind of hoping that um Half-Life 3 is also Frog Fractions 2. <laughs> and that both of them are the same game and we just haven't found it yet. <laughs> I'd like it if Fallout 3 comes out and all you do is you're Gordon Freeman. You finally come home. Like you've got back to your own time period. Uh, before everything happens, you go home, finally return to the family house, and then just wander around it empty, uncovering like what your sister's been getting up to through notes. <laughs> uh, and then go up, go next door with your crowbar where there's a guy making nude Alex mods and you can bash him about the head. <laughs> oh, goodness. Is, does any, do any of you care about Persona 5 getting a trailer this week? Who? Persona 5. <laughs> kids, mm, kids, they steal stuff. I, there's a cat. I don't I know need to what watch Persona it still. is. I, um, Isn't I, that one of those anime things? It's a it's RPG. kind of one of those anime things. It's an anime RPG, school kids, yeah. they go to other worlds and stuff. I respect right, Persona. No. I just never get far enough into them because they are so lengthy. Like it takes, t- it's two hours of watching an anime before you get to the game. Um, which, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. It's entertaining. But by the time I have a battle, I'm like, God, I need a rest now. Um, yeah. and I, I really well, liked Persona 4. I played, um, quite a, you know, a, a decent bit of it. Uh, and I am very interested in Persona 5, but I, not to the point where I'm freaking out about it like everyone else has. I, I will, I will get this out of the way very quickly. I am a big Persona fan and I will, Try and in about 30 seconds sum up why I was excited sure. about that trailer, and then we can shut up about it so that no one else has to talk about anime bullshit. So <laughs> here's why I'm excited. Um, all of the footage in that trailer seems to be from the same date that, um, that both, um, that both Persona 2 and Persona 4 started on, which leads people to suspect that Persona 5, like all the footage in that trailer is from the first day that you play the game. Sorry, Your phone's going phone off. Is going off. Your phone's stopping me from oh, focusing Gav. on sentences. I'm Sorry. professional! Oh, Gavin. Don't turn your fucking phone off! So let, me try, let me try that right from the beginning. I'm going to punish you with having to hear that again because of you, Gavin. All your fault. So, yeah, Persona 5 trailer entirely seems to take place on the same day that Persona 2 and 4 started, meaning that it's probably the first day of the game. What's interesting about that is you've already got two friends in your party, which shakes up like, ooh, usually the whole thing is about meeting new people and building those connections, and that's what strengthens your party. So if you're already part of a group of friends, how does the whole 
uh, social links thing work now. Also, there's a flying cat, you turn into a demon, and you steal stuff from people. I'm kind of excited about that prospect. That sounds like Game of the Year. It might well be my game of the year if Zelda turns out to be shit. All it needs is like a on Zelda. like a Buckfast drinking mini game, and then I think we've got a real game of the year going on. Yeah, you mentioned Buckfast. I've got to have more Buckfast now. Is this how? I, I, I guess this is a drinking game I've just made up to convince myself to. That's drink more a bad of it. drinking game. Even you, worse that you've you, told you, us the rules. You you hear that I'm talking just repeatedly now? That's because I don't want to drink more of this <laughs> stuff. Okay, let's fucking do this. Laura, I should send you over some of my local um, mead for one of these. Okay, send me over some of your local mead. Mm, this is that, that sounded like it went down better than the first one. It's going down better now that the shock value yeah, is gone. Yeah, I guess you kind of acquire the, the taste. Um, I now know kind of what, like, I've prepared my power for this. Um, it's It's interesting. It is alcoholic caffeinated cowpaw shit. Alcoholic. Okay, Laura, you need to get someone now to set aside some money for you because later on you're going to need bail. (laughs) (laughs) If you want to send me bail money, go to (laughs) patreon.com forward slash Laura K Buzz or tweet at Laura K Buzz and I'll give you details. That's how you work on Twitter. Self promotion in the middle of the show, so you're not going to skip past it this week, fuckers. (laughs) We're going to see badly filmed, vertically held videos later go up on YouTube of a crazy woman running around the streets of London picking fights. (laughs) Going, I'll have you, mate. I will fucking have you. (laughs) Oh, good stuff. I need to stop leaning on this arm because it makes a creaking noise and it just sounds like I'm letting off woofters into my microphone. (laughs) <laughs> That's fine, Woofters. Jim. Let off Woofters all you like. Hey, I um, I got a GTX 980 today. Oh, is that yeah. one of them PC yeah. graphics cards for yeah. the good graphics? I put Ooh. it in my PC, and my PC was like bouncing off the walls, running around the room, is, going, "Oh, come at me, Gerald! Come at me!" Is, is Assassin's Creed running okay on it now, or is it still have, broken and have, shit because have, it's Ubisoft? I have not checked. Well, actually, um, it's been running fine on my 680 lately, so I'm I'm sure it will. They've patched it up now, so I'm I'm going to come to your house and I'm going to like scratch at your graphics cards so that Assassin's Creed and all your other games, but particularly Assassin's <laughs> Creed, won't run right, and then we can you know have back this recurring joke that we need to have because it hasn't grown old yet after three months of course. <laughs> There's been one in pretty much every episode, hasn't there? There was one episode we didn't have a Ubisoft, we didn't have a go at Ubisoft, and Twitter got furious with me. <laughs> You know what game is uh, very well optimized on PC? I can't remember if I mentioned it last week, but uh, Dying Light. I've had no issues with that game for such a, a good-looking really? game. Really? Yeah. Did you have issues, Jim? You did? Well, I've not had a good time with From that. what I've heard, it ran really well yeah. before launch, and then yeah. they patched it at launch, and it ran oh. terribly. They may have patched it since then to undo that, but when I yeah, played it at launch... Yeah, about a week ago. Right, that's probably what I, did it, because it was it dreadful. About- I played I, it uh, Friday last week, and it was yeah. running horribly. Hmm. Try it again, because there's a patch. Can I tell you about the cool experience me and Grey had in Dying Light? Oh, sure. I suppose. So this was one of those like magic gaming moments that like I'll always remember, because it was one of those cool random things. So we were like, we saw this giant bridge, mm-hmm. and <coughs> we were like, I wonder, could we climb up the girders on that bridge, just for the laugh, to see how far we could get before falling off? Mm-hmm. Are you okay, Laura? Yeah, <laughs> You're choking okay. on Buckfast. A little bit. <laughs> Sorry. 
<laughs> little bit. <laughs> Continue your story about climbing on stuff. Yeah. But anyway, not only did it reward us for our audacity, but it rewarded us in a way that continued going. And I was like, holy shit, this is awesome. The game is rewarding me for exploring in a big way. And I thought that was very cool. And I don't really want to ruin it because people might want to do it. But yeah, climb up the bridge. Did you find the place where you can go play the first level of Mario in it? <laughs> no. You can go play World 1-1 one, one of Mario in Dying Light. Really? Yeah, there's yeah. a hidden area. Huh. It's it's pretty it's pretty amusing. <laughs> That's like that bit in um, Rage where you could find the original room from was it Wolfenstein or Doom? I think they had both of them in there, didn't they? I think um, yeah, that the Wolfenstein, the original Wolfenstein was in the newer Wolfenstein. That the the order mm. uh, when you mm. go to sleep on a bed in a place, you can have a nightmare and play like the first level of the original Wolfenstein 3D. Um, mm. I forget if it was Wolfenstein or or what it was in Rage. I do like it when that happens, though. They do that a lot, old id stuff. Yeah, and it's nice to see. Um, I'm going to make an attempt to do Twitter questions today because we never do enough of those, so I'm going to throw some of these oh, as yeah. we in and out of the podcast. I'm going to throw some. So next Twitter question is from Iron Shadow Chaos. And I think it's a really interesting question. Um, that sounds like a new game, by the way, that <laughs> yeah, username. It's- like clash of sword blades. <laughs> that sounds like something that's going to get announced at E3. I would play Ad- I would play Iron Shadow Chaos. Yeah. Sounds pretty fun, but Iron Shadow Chaos wants to know what franchises do you think there are that deserve to have good games but just can't seem to get them? Oh, that's an easy one mm. for me. That'll be Kane and Lynch. Two of it's it's one of my favorite concepts for a game, mm. uh, in that you are, you know, these two utterly irredeemable psychopaths. Uh, and, you know, the game makes no bones about it. They are not nice people. You are true villain protagonists, and not in that cop-out way of, oh, you're a villain, I guess, but here are these people who are way worse than you. And they, like, I was frustrated when Overlords did that. Um, you know, you never felt like the evil Overlord because there were things being more eviler and more Overlorder than you. Um, mm. Whereas Kane and Lynch, you know, there there was just real s- reprehensible scum doing not noble things. And the multiplayer was really, in- the co-op rather was really interesting because one of you was, you know, truly out of his mind and would see things that weren't there. Something the co-op in Dead Space 3 co-opted. Um, but in... Kane and Lynch, it was it was original. You know, you had one character shooting innocent civilians and stuff because player two was seeing them as enemies, as weird monsters and things, uh, and and it was just really interesting. And it had some. The first game had some beautiful moments. There was like the moment in the nightclub, the uh, level where you break out of jail, like really memorable moments. But it was just a shitty game, and uh, Kane and Lynch two was even worse. And again, had some really nice moments, but was just a like one of the worst games of that year. It was it was a real shame, and I, I just I wish that team would make an awesome Kane and Lynch game because, because I would just kill to have a, a great game with those characters and that sort of really nasty world in it. Yeah, hmm, I'm That's trying to think choice. now. What what would I, what would I want? like? I'm kind of tempted to say Assassin's Creed in recent years. Because, like, as much as I shit on that series, like, I think that there is a promising 
concept there that I would like I repeat every time I see an Assassin's Creed announced I want it to be good and mm. I never love it and I would just love to see it like get it's one entry where it's like okay there are no technical problems or like DLC bullshit or anything going on with it the story is not wrapped up in like they 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 maybe put aside the the trappings of like okay we've got to do this convoluted bullshit story and just let you be an assassin and then just you know focus on being like okay what things did people complain about in the past right let's fix those things shake it up a bit yeah i know i thought black flag was great i didn't have any problems it, with that one it felt like more of the same i was just mm. like oh, yeah, yeah. The problems that exist are still here and there. It definitely is suffering a little bit from diminishing returns. That's yeah. that's for sure. Just give us Assassin's Creed feudal era Japan already. Yeah, actually, um, this topic, uh, Silent Hill, big time needs <gasps> needs some fucking decent games. Silent Hill is one of those franchises that is always so close to being great, mm-hmm. and just little things let it down. Like it has such good heart. I can really get behind that, actually. I'd love to see a, like, a really great Silent Hill again. Laura, have you got, like, a fan on or something? There's a um, heater going on in the background, but I'll edit it in post, as I always do. All right. It's great. Oh, it's- someone's knocking on my door. I think it's Rachel. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's all right. No, there's, for anyone listening to the podquisition, there's usually a weird hum in the background of my track, but it's all consistent, so I can convincingly remove it, and you never have to know. Ooh, editorial magic. That is special technology. Um, yeah. I hate audio. I hate editing I, audio. It's the worst thing. It, it, is, it is horrible. Why do I do it eight times a week? I have eight podcasts. <laughs> I have genuinely emailed iTunes asking them if they will set up a page where they can aggregate all of the podcasts I do together onto one page. <laughs> What's the, did you Sorry do the new one that. there? Like, was it the Year in Steam? Yeah. Is your new one? Year of Steam is one that we had our first episode went up today and the file was corrupted, so we had to pull it down and we're going to re-upload oh, it later. Lovely. So, um, yeah, about going through uh, my, my Steam backlog because I have hundreds of games I've never played. So each fortnight we're going to play through like two or three games each and be like, yeah, let's talk about stuff that has been sat in my Steam that I never touched. It's <laughs> a good idea. Where's Gavin sure. gone? I'm here. I'm just that... Um... That heater is probably going to come out on your recording because it's like really it's, loud. It's, it's here going, every. It's, it's, this, this, mm. yeah. it's here every time I record from downstairs, and I always remove it in post. It's ah. a consistent. It's a consistent sound, so I can get a really good noise profile and just remove it from the whole track. Nice. So it's fairly fairly easy to remove. Cool. At least about audio problems anyway. Um. So was that Ubisoft at the door coming to take you away for not praising? Assassin's Creed enough. No, that was my girlfriend coming home. <laughs> she forgot her keys. <laughs> oh, goodness. Right, so do we have any other things, or should I get another question? Um, well, I've been playing that Evolve. <gasps> oh, I forgot about Evolve. Yeah, we should probably talk about yeah. that. I played, I played some of that. It's all right. I watched I your video on that, Jim. It's, it's really good when you're not sat around waiting. Well, here's, here's what, what I nailed down is its big problem. It can only ever be really fun for one side at any given time. Mm. I've not mm. been in a match where I felt both the hunters 
and the monster's sides were having an equal amount of fun. Because if you're a monster and you're having fun, what that means is you are sneaking around the map, not leaving a trace, not disturbing birds, not leaving carcasses where they can easily be found. Uh, the sniffer dog that they have, Daisy, can't find you. Um, you're smelling them on the map and watching them go one way where you misdirected them. Like, I was doing that this morning, and I'm like, this is pretty cool. This is nice stealth gameplay. They must be really fucking bored. And uh, they are, because I've been in the position position where I'm hunting a monster that's really fucking good, and it's so fucking boring. Uh, Like, you are just wandering around for, like, anywhere, like, for uh, God knows how long, like, for a long time. And, no, drinking again. Um, (laughs) You'd be terrible hiding from the hunters, because you just just drinking buckfuss. Is that why? Uh, and then we go after the monster. Um, I'm telling you, every every swig she takes, more the the more of a criminal she turns into. <laughs> oh god! Yeah, well, I think you hit the nail on the head there exactly about evolve going away from my drinking habits because um, that's the thing is when you like, I think what the developers were aiming for with that is that if the monster's really good and you can't find them, that it will have this like creeping, growing sense of dread. It's like all oh, the tension's growing. When are we going to see it? When's it going to happen? But because of the fact that it's con- the monster's controlled by a player character, that might never happen. Mm-hmm. And the knowledge that you might not ever find them turns mm-hmm. it from like tense and um, and anxious into irritated and frustrated. Yeah. And like, where the fuck is this thing? You Why can't we find it? And it's not you know like the what really is- could work. Hmm? Do you know what could really work in that formula? Is if they had made it so that there's two opposing teams and made it like MOBA style, so that the various levels of monster are what you use to grind. I don't know. Well, like, here's here's the thing about Evolve. When it's great and when I'm doing well, I love that game. It's really like well put together and like it's really polished and it's all exciting to play. Mm. But when you're losing, it just is not fun and Mm. you just nothing like you get onto a bad streak and nothing goes right for you and it's not fun and then you got to sit around in a lobby for forever waiting to do it again because there's a lot of waiting in that game it's just like uh, uh, i want to love you i imagine an evolve where everyone is a monster that would be cool (laughs) well i mean anything just like different modes and stuff because right now it's the same thing Mm -hmm. time and time again it starts the same way you know you chase the monster, then the monster doesn't necessarily chase you because it's not like it gets to then stalk you and pick you off. It just bursts out of the brush and then it's a big fight, um, which just goes the is same evolve, way. Um, is it out on consoles as well, or is it yeah, just PC? Yeah, PS4 and Xbox One. Mm. There hasn't been much fanfare about it, has there? It kind of released very quietly. I don't know. Yeah, There's been just... a lot of talk about it. I've heard a lot of PC people talking about it, but I've not heard many console people yeah. say much about it. Like my feelings about it is that it's it feels a lot like Titanfall in the, mm-hmm. the mechanics. When they're working right, I really like those mechanics. I just wish that like there was more to do with them. And I fear that much like Titanfall, two weeks from now I'm not gonna be playing this. Yeah. Well there's yeah. not a lot to do. Like I, I after two hours, I felt like I'd seen everything I needed to say, and then the more I played it, the more I was confident of that fact. Well, did did you did you make sure to buy all the DLC so that you really got the true <laughs> full experience? Uh, what was it that someone mentioned um, in the comments to my review, which went up today on virginquisition.com, Um There was 
I think GameSpot had an article someone linked to there that said it had about $136 worth of DLC at launch. And wow. Yeah, it's Australian dollars. It's $136. Yeah. What makes dollars, that... Which is almost, almost doubles the cost of the game to get all the DLC. What makes that wow. even more annoying is the fact that the content that's in the base game is spread so thinly that, you know, you're grinding and grinding and grinding to get an extra bit of a badge for your user profile. And it's like, if that, if the rest of that content had been put in the game at launch rather than sold separately and introduced in the leveling system more sort of consistently, the game could have been a bit more exciting and compelling. But instead, it's like, I feel like I'm grinding for very little reward doing the same match over and over again uh, with very little variance because there's nothing... It's not like Left 4 Dead where the AI director switched things around, where players had different strategies. It's No matter what role you are, your strategy is always the same. It's a very ironclad scripted thing. Um, You're always going to use the same small amount of weapons in the same circumstances. Uh, there's nothing emergent. There's nothing surprising you. Um, you know, this should be a world where like anything could happen and no two games are the same. That's normally how they sell a game like this, but every game's the same and nothing unexpected happens. Like the wildlife around the game is a scripted annoyance. Like it's, it's not like other creatures can grab you at any moment. Once you've stepped into the man eating plant once, you know not to step into the man eating plant again. (laughs) Well, that's like my biggest problem is that like, as you said, within a couple of hours, it feels like you've seen everything there is to see and then it's like hey i like these mechanics i would like more to see Hmm. well you did just spend 60 dollars two hours ago on buying this much but if you do want more to see with these mechanics give us more money and we'll give you more to see it's like no fuck off like you gave me two hours worth of stuff to do give me the rest of the stuff because i like doing the stuff just give me more of it give me more than two hours worth please (sighs) Yeah. So at one point right. of at one point of that, I was there thinking, "Wow, you could easily be talking about Destiny here." <laughs> <laughs> well, with that's the, with the lack of content, yeah. like, it seems to just be a, a an all too common thing now. Like between Titanfall, Destiny, and this, like we're seeing all of these fucking first person multiplayer experiences that just uh, just creatively tread water. Like you play mm. them for a while, and then you start questioning the whole point of it. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah, because it, it, none of them, none of them gave you a good story to compel you onwards. No, none at all. Mm-hmm. Oh, I have another Twitter question today. We got some good ones this week. I asked in like the early afternoon when like people Americans were asleep and English people were at work, and I seemingly got like reasonable responses that were actual questions, which is you know a rarity for this show. Um, what do we have? Um, at just an idea wants to ask have any of us ever played a video game for more than 12 hours consecutively if so what game and how disgusting did you feel afterwards mm-hmm. numerous times and it never felt disgusting it felt great <laughs> i have i have one story for this and this is the most i've played i've gamed in like any consecutive period and this was uh, 48 hours before the review embargo lifted for Nino Kuni I was sent a review copy. Uh. That's a 40-hour RPG. I played 40 hours of that game and reviewed it before the embargo. I had maybe 8 hours away from screens during 48 hours. <laughs> That's pretty intense, alright. <laughs> and I, I, collab- I published that review. 
I went to bed, I slept for 12 hours, got up, had a shower, and wondered what I was doing with my life. Okay, but let's let's swing this around so that, um, like, it's one thing for work, but have we ever done it outside of work just for pleasure played <coughs> World of Warcraft. <laughs> I won't start that. I, people tell me to play it and I'm like, no, that's... World of Warcraft <laughs> is the reason that I don't play MMOs mm. is because I'm genuinely afraid to considering how bad I got at. In my mid-teens, I was, um, I played a lot of World of Warcraft. Um, there were days where I skipped school to play it. Mm. You know, jokes mm -hmm. on you now, parents. Yeah, that was working towards a financial stable career in games <laughs> industry. Woo. <laughs> but. At the time, probably not the smartest thing I ever did mm. to skip school to play like another twelve hours of World of Warcraft. Just we've all done there. it. We've all done it. Yeah. I think I think Skyrim's release week was probably my most intense gaming period ever, and that was just bliss. Actually, yeah, New New Vegas release week as well. That was a I, very enjoyable week. I know Mass Effect Three. The day it came out, I started playing. Like I started playing. I think at about seven a.m. And I was still playing at 11 o'clock that night. Yeah. I through it. So I did play a lot of that in one go. When that came out, it went from the best week of my life to one of the worst really quick. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I was like, I this game have, is awesome. I must no, have played for more than 12 hours apiece when I successfully convinced my mother I was sick for two weeks. Uh, just to play Final Fantasy VII. I mean, it helped that my mum never gave a shit, but I, I skived off school for two weeks to play Final Fantasy VII and just played for a very long time in just the same clothes. And, and I, I was the worst human yeah. and it was awesome. I did the same on the day that the Wii came out. I faked being ill and then got my mother to drive me two games so that I could pick up my Wii that I had pre-ordered. <laughs> and I sat and played. Like, it had to be so blatantly obvious that that's what I was doing. It's like, I am yeah. too ill to go to school. However, will you take me into the nearby town so that I can go and get this games console and play it all day? And then I sat and played Twilight Princess for like three days straight. <laughs> Modern Warfare 2 actually was another one that ate a lot of lives. I remember when that came out, there was me and like three other buddies, real life buddies who literally would go on Modern Warfare 2 all day, every day for weeks on end. And just be, by the end of the day, being like angry, raging, <laughs> red-faced wrecks. <laughs> oh, oh, goodness. I have, I have one more question that I can see at the moment. Um, Akebalkira? I don't know how to pronounce your name. I can't read it properly right now. Aliens contact us asking for samples of art to study in an effort to understand better, to better understand humanity. Which game would you send them? Um, Journey. Air Control. Although maybe Journey might give them a, a wrong impression of us. They might They might think we're a peaceful race of people who work together. Might just send them Fallout New Vegas and say, look, this is what's going to happen here. And if you come and visit us, you'll probably end up like that too. <laughs> you best stay clear, mate. <laughs> I would send them Captain Toad's Treasure Tracker. And hope that they didn't get disappointed that we weren't a planet of adorable, to, uh, like, mushroom people. It's like, no, 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 if you're going to come here, like, let's get you in a happy, smiley, cheery mood where you're not upset about, like, the fact that we exist by making you play something adorable and cute. And then hopefully when you come to the negotiations about whether you should destroy Earth or not, we can just be like, yeah, well, we are the planet that created Captain Toad. And they'll be like, oh, yeah. 
Okay, okay. You can you can exist as long as you keep making making the the mushroom person thing. Or we could send them Gears of War, where like humans basically colonize alien planet and commit genocide on them, and go, yeah, mate, what are you gonna do? Yeah, that will either we, we work can... really well as a threat or a call to war that we are ill prepared to fight. I'm I'm yeah. willing to <laughs> I'm willing to roll the dice on that one though. I'm th- I'm thinking we should send them the Mass Effect trilogy and just tell them that it's a documentary and that the Reapers are coming. <laughs> Hopefully we can just get them on our side. It's like, look, I know that this sounds crazy, but the Reapers are coming. You've got to help us. What you've got to do is is go out very far the other way away from Earth and try and stop them before they get here because we're weak and defenseless. What if Mass Effect 3 is actually an ancient thing passed down from generations and generations to warn us about the reapers <laughs> oh god do we do we perhaps have to acknowledge that mass effect 3 might not be shit and it might actually be a call to warning nah i think nah. i think mass effect 3 is a brilliant game it's a fantastic game yeah. that doesn't hold up to repeated plays because then you start seeing behind the scenes that certain things don't change things. Yeah. Well, the, to yeah. play it once is fantastic. Mm. It's only when mm. you stop and realise that that last choice doesn't mean anything, really. Yeah, it's that true. That starts to set in. Like, I was so happy when I finished Mass Effect 3 with its ending, and it wasn't until I looked at other endings that I was like, oh, I can see why this is a disappointment for replays. Yeah, I'm not. I'm just not even going to start on this one. <laughs> I'll be here all day, and I've bored people enough with it. Oh, goodness. Have we got anything else we want to talk about this week? I think that actually took us through to our end quite nicely. Uh, so we well, have a satisfying ending, yeah. unlike some games. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Assassin's Creed. No. Ubisoft. Uh, that's some good satire at the end there. Um, yeah, I know. Very, very clever satire, I know. We are very clever people. Um, I'm going to reward myself with some Buckvast. Well, people may be wondering how else they can reward you, Laura, and <coughs> how could they do that on the internet if you're not dying from Buckvast? <laughs> if I'm not dying from Buckvast, you can find me on Twitter at Laura K. Buzz, where I sometimes write stuff that's actually like informative, like today I wrote about Fifty Shades of Grey and BDSM Consent. Other times, I make stuff for Destructoid about butts that has been surprisingly popular. So go to <laughs> at Laura K. Buzz and you'll see me tweet all my stuff. Otherwise, if you want to give me money, if you want to give me money, go to patreon.com forward slash Laura K. Buzz or drop me a tweet and give me money so I can keep getting drunk on Buckfast and making podcasts, which is pretty much all I do at this point. Here, here. And how. Hurrah. Um, and Gav, you are kind of a pop star. Uh, how do people find out more about your rock and or roll music? Well, they can follow me on Twitter at Miracle of Sound, where you can hear about the progress of my upcoming metal album, which is the reason I was late for the podcast today, because I was working on that and, and lost track of time. So sorry. <laughs> uh, no worries. You're you all can... right. God bless you. God bless you. <laughs> well, it's, it's fun because it means now you get to listen to it tomorrow and find out what you missed. I promise you, you're going to enjoy it. Yeah, you guys just slagging off Ubisoft again. I can, I can just imagine it. <laughs> you didn't slag them off too much. <laughs> now let me let me pull a Peter Molyneux here and say that you should listen to it because it is the most ground the most uh, groundbreaking, <laughs> ambitious uh, slagging off Ubisoft um, that there's ever been. It's 
It's going it to be is, a life-changing experience for me. It is going to be a life-changing experience for you. It is practically mm. going to redefine the way we look at both Peter Molyneux and Ubisoft. And In fact, you might combine those words and call it Peter Molyneux-lisoft. You can have a pet dog as well. Oh, yeah. So, what else can people do? The, the, metal, the metal album, Miracle Sound. Yeah, they can they go can find just, you, Jim. They can just look at me on YouTube. Miracle yeah. of Sound. Miracles out on YouTube. Mm. Uh, as Where me, I do songs about I do songs about Milo and Kate. Yes, and he does a song about how you can have a pet dog and you'll fall in love with the dog. Um, yeah. As for me, you can see me at thegymquisition.com. We've got an Evolve review up now. Uh, six out of ten. You can go to my YouTube channel dot com slash Jim Sterling. Go videos of me playing Evolve there, 6 out of 10. Is that your, your, your channel? Dot com forward slash Jim Sterling? Yes. All one word. And, yeah. um, you, can, you can go to my <laughs> Patreon, which funds this, this, this incessant bollocks, and the website and the Gymquisition web series that everyone loves so much. We did one about Thank Hyrule you. Warriors. Uh, uh, that's patreon.com slash Gymquisition. And that's all that. We'll be back next week, of course, unless... Laura ends up arrested after her <laughs> Buckfast rampage oh. around London town. Uh, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.